0: Welcome to X Rated -rated rated Movies! Whoa! God, blast from the past, it feels like. Oh my God. What's
1: your name again? Yeah, who are you? Kevin? Daryl. Daryl. Good. Uh, Daryl McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy. (laughs) How is the traffic copter these days? (laughs) No, my name's Ryan Whedon. Uh, Whatever you say, Kevin.
0: (laughs) What's your name? Sterling. Sterling Hunter. Excellent. Yes. And uh, you're uh, uh, a. Railway magnate's child, right? If, as I remember correctly, uh,
1: oil tycoon. <laughs> oh
0: wow! Okay, moving moving up. There yes, you go. business is booming, of course. Well, yeah. Now that we've squashed all those clean energy.
1: Ugh. Well, yes. Now that our our great, wonderful, sunshine-giving president has uh, squashed the the solar panel industry and finally told the truth about the. Uh, wind farms with their exhaust and something about the universe and how earth is small compared to the universe it did
0: wonders for oil though you don't get wind on flat earth like that's 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 a conspiracy oh are we are we back to that now (laughs) but no if the
1: earth was flat wouldn't we have even more wind
0: honey like we'd be in
1: one giant plane
0: yeah yeah Think about it, you're asking the right questions now, <laughs> this is x-rated movies. This is a podcast about movies in case you couldn't tell.
1: yeah, <laughs> by all of our clean energy talk.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm Matt Fisher. Oh, see now the truth will out. Welcome back, Matt. yeah, feels good to be back, feels good to be back it's been a, it's been a while. We had a lovely January full of incredible moments. <laughs> uh maybe you did. <laughs> Oh, yours was rough. Yeah, mine sucked. I'm talking about the pod. We had a lot of fun oh, on the pod. Oh, yeah, we had a lot of good pod stuff, but... Maybe some of our best material. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe.
1: No, I, like, struggled to go to sleep every night because, like, I'm trying to, like, figure out which numbers to put in box four of a W-2. Oh, God, do you... is that your nightmares are
0: those your anxiety dreams
1: well it's like I do it all day and so like when I come home I can't turn it off Mm -hmm. and like I'll like lie down to go to bed and all my mind is doing is taking random abstract numbers and like moving them from one spreadsheet to another (laughs) and then like putting them in various boxes on various tax forms like I will have like an abstract dream about like me and Danny DeVito like hiking up through the Catskills mm-hmm. and I'll all I'll be like thinking about is how like Danny needs to move like 10% of his limoncello income to this chart over here and that will balance out the equation. That sounds stressful. Oh, it sucks. Because then you wake up and you're like, no, I never escaped it. Danny DeVito's not even my client.
0: <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned hiking because it's, it brings up a point that I have been <laughs> that I really want to address for opening banter today. Okay, what's up? Well, it's recently come to my attention that Bitmoji, an app that's meant for flirting, basically, oh, yeah. here, doesn't have uh, a Bitmoji for hiking.
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean... Considering, like, you know, not that I go on these apps at all, of course, but most guys kind of say that, like, hiking's, like, one of their go-to mm. activities. Like, on your Grinder and your Scuffs. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it does seem odd that Bitmoji doesn't have any, like, icon or image for hiking. Yeah,
0: they do have the leaning on a eggplant. And leaning on a peach. Yeah. Are you leaning on a peach or leaning on an eggplant?
1: I mean, it kind of depends on what I'm eliciting. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and this might be a question to the ladies in the audience. Do you send a peach when you want to have sex? Like, is there a fruit or vegetable for a vagina? Do you send a picture of a little kitty? Oh,
0: I know that they recently updated uh, the Unicode, and now Oyster is uh, an emoji.
1: Oh, <laughs> It's like... That's a, unfortunate. No,
0: they, you know,
1: vaginas look like oysters. Oysters are a very divisive food, though. Like, I know not everyone's pro-eggplant, but I feel like you're at least neutral to eggplant. Like, there's no eggplant haters. Peaches. Everybody loves peaches. Well, we can good. all get behind that.
0: Yeah, when they're delicious. Yeah, sometimes they're mealy. You know, a good, ripe peach. Yeah, no one wants a mealy one. Well... The bitmoji isn't a mealy peach. <laughs> well, how do we know? <laughs> Peaches are deceptive. You don't know till
1: you bite into it. Mm, yeah, you got to know the season, I guess. Eggplant. I don't. I just. I don't feel like there's eggplant haters out there. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't love it
0: sometimes though. I'm you saw. Be
1: you saute it up right. You put it in Chinese food. Mwah,
0: I think it's delicious. Yeah, I do. I do like a ratatouille. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. So. But oyster,
1: that's one of those foods that like people like. I don't like. Shellfish, I don't like mussels. I don't like, yeah, oysters is in that camp of food that
0: people actively don't like. I mean, what does this say about me? I've recently started getting into oysters. Oh, I'm I'm very pro oyster here. Oh, yeah, we're an oyster friendly podcast. Oh yeah,
1: on the half shell. I'm just like Hannibal Lecter with baba <laughs> <fava> beans. <laughs> And I have been since like a young age. I remember when I was like when we do like uh, Easter brunch as a kid, like mm. at like a restaurant, like a uh, that would have like a, bu- a Easter buffet, really. Yeah. And they'd have oysters on the half
0: shell, and I would gladly you load eat up those. on those. Yeah. I recently went to um, the Captain Whitby Inn, which is on Orcas Island, not is Whitby is it? Island. It's on Whitby Island. Okay. <laughs> that was a test. Good job, you passed. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, got some oysters and, uh, I opted for a delicious Northwest IPA. And you know what? Oysters and a real piney hoppy IPA pair perfectly.
1: Well, I can see that cause oysters are inherently a little salty mm-hmm. and I feel like an
0: IPA could balance that real well. Something about that interplay of the like briny, specific oyster flavor umami with like the piney hoppy bitterness of the beer really well i think beer goes really well with seafood just in general super northwest but super i don't know it worked yeah
1: no i I feel like beer and shellfish that's a natural match to me i think
0: Hmm. but wait so you think that like oysters as a bitmoji for vagina is is uncomfortable i I i think that's wrong
1: a, I don't know if an oyster is the most uh
0: uh visually appealing of foods. But it looks like a vagina. <sighs> Does it? Um, hello, tipping the velvet. She was an oyster shucker. Shucker, yeah. yeah <laughs> you're
1: right, you're right. I I don't know, like a peach, everyone can get behind a peach. Sure. Like, it looks great. And even if eggplant's not your thing, like you can at at least Appreciate the shape and size of it. All right.
0: Well, then, what's the um, food that you're picturing for a vagina?
1: <sighs> Taco. <laughs> we all love tacos, and I'm saying this coming from a very pro oyster stance. Not everyone likes them. Hmm. I feel like there should it should be a fruit or vegetable that is
0: at least neutral to universal praise. Well, let's uh let's pitch this to our listeners out there. What? Would be the emoji equivalent for vagina.
1: When you're flirting with a dude and you want him in that puss, what do you send him?
0: Uh, well, th- that's not at all what I was planning to, to talk about, but. Um, well, what were you planning on talking about? <laughs> Anal hygiene? Really? <laughs> we'll get back to it. Is we'll, it how to clean your peaches? Listen, I'm house sitting right now and they do not have bidet. And I'm toilet paper's barbaric there. I'm just gonna say it.
1: Well, hold on. You have a bidet at home? Yeah. I don't remember this. I took care of your cat for like 36 hours. Uh, that was
0: pre bidet. Okay, this was like three months ago. Uh, oh, no, no, it's there. Yeah, it's hidden. It's like by the where the shower curtain is and stuff. So it wasn't on the receptacle when I was there? No, it was there. It's there. It's like a wand. You have to hold it in your hand and then like squirt under.
1: A wand? Uh-huh. Oh god! You might as well just be chipping away at stone.
0: It's amazing, and I think the toilet paper is barbaric.
1: All right, this is my feeling on it. If you got shit anywhere else on your body, you wouldn't just wipe it off with clumsy exactly. tissue paper. You would fucking thin paper made from trees. Come on, <laughs> you would like you you get it on your your.
0: And and
1: you were boiling a full pot
0: of water Seriously. to dunk your hand in it's better for your butthole it's better for the environment why are we so backwards on this i don't know you're up. they're way ahead of us on on this i'm just i had a multiple poops day the other day at this house that i'm house sitting at and it was just like i could hear it it's like a ren and stimpy cartoon where it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is awful yeah, I think
1: the average person only has two, maybe three wipes in them a day. Before, uh, after that,
0: it's your, you know, the treads on on the tire is gone. <laughs> I just feel now I, I cannot go back and like I used one of my catchphrases used to be soft toilet paper is an affordable luxury. I'm crossing it out. I'm putting a big red X through it, and now it's like fucking get a bidet, mm, 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 America,
1: America. Sadly, I don't have a bidet here because I feel like you need a fairly modern-ish toilet. My apartment's kind of no, old. No, no. No. No?
0: Yeah. Mine was like- They're backwards compatible? Ba- yeah. Ba- it was like the most basic plumbing. <laughs> I felt so butch. Even you could do it? Yeah. I felt so butch like, <laughs> like putting it on there and it's like the next thing I did was spray my asshole <laughs> with water. And was that like, was your reward.
1: <laughs> I did this manly thing. Now let me spritz my butthole. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. It's great.
1: All right. Well, yeah. I mean, no. I'm very pro bidet. The downside, though, is that I will spend extra time in the bathroom then.
0: Mm. Mine wasn't even that fancy. Mine was like fifty bucks. Really? Yeah. Oh, but it's a wand. It doesn't have the no, and it's not like temperature control or any of that shit. But like, you don't need that. It's great. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) When I run for president, I'm just like a bidet in every home. (laughs)
1: Uh huh. An oyster in every pot, and a bidet in every home. There you I mean, go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was part of your. Right. That was what I wanted to talk okay, about. The, I wanted the, the day. Yeah, and now we're gonna have to talk about on a different podcast because I'm cutting all of it. <laughs> Why are you cutting all of that? We're 15 minutes already. You just keep it. This is the, this is our
1: season opener from a long break, uh-huh. Ryan. And this
0: is yeah, and this is what people are here for. They're here for us to talk about asshole hygiene and um, cartoon lady parts. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> is that what, that's what they
0: tune in. That's for That's what people tune in for. Yeah. All right. Well.
1: Uh, also, meta movies about Shakespearean minor characters. You got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Today's movie, and I know that you've been all waiting to, talk just, to hear us talk about it. Oh, good! Is uh, the 1990 adaptation of the play directed by the person who wrote the play? Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern are dead. This is kicking off a whole season for me.
1: I know. It's like you, you kind of made fun of it at, at, at the Todd Haynes, the, the, the just wait till we get our hands on you. Just wait till we get our hands on you. And you were like, this will really bring him back after a long season <laughs> or after a long break. And I was like, oh, Ryan, self-defeating Ryan. <laughs> and then I, I I watched the movie on friday and i was like oh i'm gonna need some help with this
0: one <laughs> who are the five people who've seen
1: this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like who can i go to help on this one <laughs> and then i watched it again last night to hopefully like glean a little bit more off of it because i was i watched it sober ish on friday and then last night i watched it stoned and you know how with high and low how i was like I was stoned but like I still seem to remember everything and I have like a good feeling of the chronology sure I remember nothing (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what this movie's about and I've seen it twice over the same weekend yeah yeah sure
0: okay so
1: I'm I really need you to like clarify a bunch of stuff for me (sighs) sure okay so okay let's start with the basics great who are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern
0: well I'm just going to start off by saying first of all I realize this is a uh a little bit of a pretentious movie. I said I think at the end of the Todd Haynes double feature that you didn't need to know shit about Hamlet to enjoy this movie. I think that's a lie. <laughs> After watching it I was like you need to know a little bit. I was going to cuz yeah Hamlet. you said that you
1: watched the the Kenneth Branagh 4 hour 20 minute uh adaptation of Hamlet which you do not need to You watch. don't need to watch that
0: but you should I would recommend reading a synopsis of Hamlet. I mean, or like,
1: just watch The Lion King.
0: Sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Just you just need a real Disney quick Disney Plus that shit. Yeah, a basic idea of what it is, and that helps a lot. But Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are very minor characters in uh, Shakespeare's play. I think they're in like three or four scenes, and then like one of the last lines of the play is mentioned that they are dead, and which is uh, the line actually is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Are dead. Which is the title of this movie. Hey, that's the name of the show. And so what Tom Stoppard has done, um, writer director of the play and the movie, is that he's written this play that focuses on these characters, these minor characters, and then he adds in like meta elements to it to kind of highlight the absurdity of life, art, and theater, really. Is that what he was doing? <laughs> That's my thesis. We'll go I'm going to go with that. Well, okay. So last
1: night I was I was really kind of pulling my hair out a little bit because I was like, how do I talk about this movie without sounding like I'm shitting on it? <laughs> it's not that the movie's bad or that it's not even that I didn't enjoy it, but I don't know how to talk about it without sounding crazy. Okay. Or sounding like I'm being like overly harsh on it.
0: Sure. All right, well, let me help you. Let me guide you. Yeah. So First of all meta meta I mean Met- a whole meta season right um that which comes from the Greek word to mean like on another level, so the idea is that by focusing on these characters, and honestly, I got it. this is a caveat I have for the film the the I think it would work much better as a play because you're watching a play. Hamlet itself is already pretty meta, there's the moment when he um Hamlet decides to make his uh uncle King. Confesses his guilt essentially by having the the thespians come on and perform the play where the the act of him killing the king happens on stage and he gets upset about it so it's like you're already watching when you watch Hamlet you're watching a play within a play so it's already boom meta and then of course you're an audience of the play that the, the are watching inside the play is The play that the audience is watching. Yeah, and then, of course, the audience is watching that play. So it's like there's already three layers right there. Um, And then this movie even takes it, like, one level further where there's, like, the puppet show, and I'm just like, oh, my God, my mind's blown. (laughs) But um, (laughs) what he's doing is he's highlighting that kind of absurdity and weirdness by uh, we're watching a play that's not about Hamlet. We're watching a play that's about these characters who aren't in Hamlet and what happens when they're not in the actual play. Right, because it does seem like... Hamlet comes
1: in and out of their yes, storyline. Yeah,
0: yeah. They exist solely to help plot lines in the play, Hamlet, and so what he's done is he's like, well, what happens when they exit the stage? Like, what do they do? And he's made it sort of a, like waiting for Godot thing where they're just sort of like dum-dums. <laughs> uh-huh. They're they're really ineloquent and uh, bumbly when they're not in the play. Like, when the actual play sweeps in and they're part of it and they have their lines that they actually say in Hamlet, they're they seem to know what they're doing and everything seems like proper and everything, but then everybody leaves and they're like, what is happening?
1: Uh, yeah, everyone leaves and like, I want to go home.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's an actual line that yeah. Gary Oldman has. Yeah, I want to go home.
1: They can't even keep each other straight. Like they, you know, they'll say like, I'm Rosencrantz and yeah. he's Guildenstern. Yeah, you they know? don't even
0: know. <laughs> and he brings in the people in the play Hamlet who do the play that like makes the king blah, blah, blah. They're, they're the the tragedies. Trage- Tragedian? Tragedian? Tragedians. Tragedians. Tragedians?
1: The players. It's
0: not Tragedians, which I want to say, so I know that. But they're also like in the offstage moments with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And they know the score. Yeah, more or less. They know that this is like... Because Rosencrantz
1: and Guildenstern initially at the beginning of the movie play... They're like on horseback, riding through the mountainside, through the woods, you know, presumably the
0: Danish countryside. Mm-hmm. And then they get sort of swept into this world. Right. The first thing they remember is being woken up to go to this Danish kingdom. Yeah. Because they, that's their the history of them in the play Hamlet. Is like they're called to come and see what's going on with Hamlet. And that's all they can remember because they're they only exist to be characters in Hamlet.
1: Okay. Yes. I did like that line when they were talking about, like, what's what's the first thing you can remember? He's like, mm, nope,
0: it's gone. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 You don't get my meaning. What's the first thing after all the things you've forgotten? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: A- after all the things you've forgotten, what's the first thing you remember?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, I like that line.
0: It's really clever. He, he like It comes back to those kind of moments a lot. Yeah.
1: Th- I mean, there's little things like when he's like flipping the coins, like, heads heads i was like okay when tails
0: comes up something's <laughs> shifting like <laughs> and just that's waiting for no, it that's a big moment because they've met the players and they're eventually on this the player stage and that's when he flips it yeah and it turns to tails and that's when they notice that like their horses are watching them like they're on a stage like mm. there is an audience for them suddenly okay see okay like this is the kind of like delectable mind uh <laughs> Entrees I just want to eat up all the time. Uh-huh. Like, this is why I love Meta-ness because it's working. It works on like when things are working on several levels, I'm just like, mmm, mm, 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 <laughs> give it to me. I want to eat it all.
1: I was going to say last season, like you chose like a number of movies that had strong
0: meta elements to it.
1: I still got more. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then you're like, I'm going to do a whole meta season. I'm like, you just did a meta season.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing. This is the movie that kicked it off for me. I took a college course in literature and interpretation. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was one of the movies we did. And it like really introduced me to like what meta uh, fiction is. And I think it's a great launch pad for it because it's we read the play and then we watched the movie just because there wasn't any current running uh, mountings of the play in Tacoma at the time. So we had to <laughs> make do. And honestly, I think I said before, like this, I think this will play better as a play. But, um, the movie really, it gets the ideas across and you can like feel what they're, what they're talking about specifically in the meta-ness of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and when things are working on several levels at once, and this one works on two or three at a time often, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, (laughs) you're just, just, you're here for it. I love it. I'm like, settle in and let's just think. Yeah. You're, (laughs) you're,
1: you're you're like that, you know, college student discovering meta for the first time Uh all over Uh, again. Yeah.
0: And uh, like watching this, I haven't seen this movie in like 20 years or something like that. And watching it this time, I was kind of like, yeah, this movie isn't awesome, but it's not unenjoyable either. Like,
1: No, it's really interesting. But like, I think you kind of have to have an interest in either structure, like story structure, Mm -hmm. like outside of just like a good narrative, like you kind of need to appreciate the the actual art of a structure in a story, yeah, because I, I feel like this is dependent on like you need I, I don't want to say that you need it, but you got to know at least something about Hamlet to like get like the the how they're dancing around the word melancholy in the one scene, like yeah. how they're searching for the word melancholy, but they're saying like depressed and
0: well, you need to know at least also that like all the world's a stage comes from Hamlet. You also need to know that to be or not to be comes from Hamlet. Uh Uh-huh. Because, like, those are really important elements in this specific play. That And, like, the basic plot helps a lot, too.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) like, there's a scene. And the last time I saw any adaptation of Hamlet was the Kenneth Branagh one. And that was probably, God, I want to say... 2013 2014 okay and it it's way too long to watch it's and kn- i did it in one sitting and it's just you're white knuckling it it's four hours 20 minutes you're like oh,
0: don't you hate it when you're watching that one and there's like interstitials of like the train going by and oh you're like, god, Cut god this. Just, just get, get to, to the, to the point
1: <laughs> i don't want this beautiful scenery but i uh, this was back when i still worked at the record store and one of our regular customers was like a huge shakespeare fan bought like any adaptation of anything like from you know 10 things I hate about you to to like the most like the Kenneth Branagh most Mm -hmm. specific true interpretation and I told him that I'd watched it uh, and I was like yeah it was okay I kind of got burnt out on it though like four hours 20 minutes in one sitting he goes oh you did it in one sitting no that's Mm -hmm. like over two three days like many sittings like that's the wrong way to watch it
0: and I was using it to cram. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: You pulled at me. You're like, I'll watch this four hour
0: and 20 minute movie in order to better understand this two hour movie. Oh, yeah. That was a squirmer by the end. For sure. Especially because I was just waiting for the line Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Guess what? It's like one of the last lines of the fucking play. Oh, is it? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It comes very late. Now, do they die because, like, a letter got switched? Like Yeah, they, yeah they, Hamlet is- actually does that. I think he does it off stage. So that whole sequence on the boat in act three of this movie is interesting because it's like it shows Hamlet doing things that are only talked about in the actual play, Hamlet. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of different than we get for what – because, see, Hamlet still has agency when he's off stage – Whereas, like, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are like, what do we do? So I think that's kind of yeah, it, interesting. It, it's like
1: when they're not being like actively, or if they're not interacting with the play Hamlet, they're sort of just doing actor exercises. Yeah. Like, they're doing uh, questions. Question game. Yeah. Or question and answer, or just questions. Rosencrantz, like, it looks like he can juggle. <laughs> and, and then, then he he tries- he's like, watch this. Look at this.
0: Leave things alone. Rosencrantz is Gary Oldman. Gildenstern is, is Tim, Tim Roth. And honestly, both can get it in this movie. Oh, I'm pro Tim Roth from this He's era. real cute. No, I was actually... I watched
1: Pulp Fiction again, not too recently. Mm-hmm. And just to begin with Tim Roth, I'm like, yeah, he can get it. Because mm. Pulp Fiction was 94, 95? Yeah, and this 94. was 1990.
0: So, yeah, and yeah. it's was just like, oh, no. He's... Well, in this movie, when like... And I'm not like the hugest... Gary Oldman, like he doesn't. Gary Oldman set got my loins a fire, yeah. but like, there's that moment when he's like in the bath, playing with like the the, levels oh, the of volume, it, and I'm yeah. sort of like, okay, let's t- send me a send me wanna... a peach emoji.
1: <laughs> I don't want to jump too far ahead, but was there something a little erotic about that bath scene? Yes, because like he's about to get out, but before he notices like the varying water levels, and then it kind of like has this like weird like introspective music Mm -hmm. and it cuts to alfred and it shows like alfred who's like i don't know how to put this delicately like the transvestite in like the traveling player show Sure. wait he has a name i didn't catch that yeah at at the beginning they mentioned something about like you know if you'd like our ladies we have alfred (laughs) okay uh, when, he's right.
0: discuss, when the player is discussing what they do, and he's like. We can do you rapiers or rape or both.
1: Somewhere in that scene, they mention that, uh, yeah, the, the person playing the lady is Alfred. Okay, 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 okay. For a handful of coin, I happen to have a private and uncut performance of the rape of the Sabine women. Or rather, woman. Or rather. Alfred but yeah there's just a in the bath scenes like they cut to Alfred and like the way that like it shoots Gary Oldman to where it like looks at Alfred I'm like are they attracted to each other and then it cuts to like other men in the bath and it the way that they do I, I can't remember the, there's a term for it when characters are looking at something and you cut and it infers they're looking at that whatever you were previously seeing sure because there's there's they look at the camera Yeah, there's a cinematic term for it, but I can't remember what it is. But, like, they do it with a bunch of other people in this, like, the bathroom. Right. And it, like, I was like, are they going to gangbang Alfred? Like, (laughs) is that what's happening here?
0: All right. Feel free to boo me on this. Here's my theory. Okay. Um, The player, at one point, after Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are, like, swooped away from the player's stage into, like, this Danish kingdom... Uh, Later, they meet up again, and he's like, You left us?
1: Yes. On the road. You don't understand the humiliation of it. To be tricked out of the single assumption that makes our existence bearable, that somebody is watching? We are actors. We're the opposite of people. So? We need an audience.
0: Like, I think that's the moment when Rosencrantz is starting to realize that he is being observed and like that's what's making him exist. Like everybody's looking at him, so he's like he's like he has an audience. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean they that, never really like, That doesn't address <clears throat> my gangbang query. <laughs> <laughs> like feel free to boo me on this one. <laughs> but like when the players first show up and like the player is Richard Dreyfus, who Richard Dreyfus, yes. You know, I think it's easy to sort of forget because he does, he's like Meryl Streep in that he picks like a lot of blah roles. Like, who's going to watch Mr. Holland's Opus? Uh, he's a very good actor. He's
0: a lot of fun in this movie. I, I was, this watch through, I was like, oh, I'm really impressed.
1: He, he's got a lot of screen presence. He's got a lot of just vivacity to him. And this
0: character allows him to ham it up. A oh, little yeah. Bit, so. Oh, yeah.
1: And I was just with it. I was like, yeah, you get it, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, I like
0: like, I like them too in this a lot.
1: But like so when when the the troupe, the theater troupe shows up, I was like, "Oh god, it's just a bunch of gay guys prancing around <laughs> in costumes thinking that what they do is so
0: important, just like theater troops today." <laughs> Seriously. <Yeah. laughs> like I'm, I'm not going to discount that. But I mean, that plays into the movie's theme cuz like, you know, if Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, when they're not in the play, are like quote unquote off stage. Like these players, these tra- tragedians, uh, are also like people who are in the play Hamlet, but they are off stage. But because they're actors, they continue to act theatrically in real life. No yes. <laughs> so, like, that's kind of the vibe I was getting from them this time, where it's like because they're always acting they're always to being rather not to being.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. You like that? Someone went to college for this movie. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is fun because like the way they talk about the, the gory romances ripped off from the Italians and things uh-huh. like that. I'm like, ah, oh, this is all fun. I like this. And then like, I think it's Guildenstern and the player have like a little tete a tete in terms of dialogue. And, you know, they go back and forth. I was like, oh, this is all just really tightly written dialogue. But it gets a little heady sometimes for me. And maybe it's just because, you know, I was a little stunned. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like the scene where they're playing questions while also playing badminton.
0: Right. How'd you play that? You have to ask questions. Statement one love.
1: Hey, question. Was badminton around back then?
0: Uh, why wouldn't it be?
1: <laughs> well. uh, No. Uh, 15. Point. Yeah, 15, nothing. <laughs> or what's the term for nothing and Love. Statement. 15, 15. <laughs> Does that mean we're tied? Uh, you tell me. No. <laughs> this is why I can never be an actor. Uh, yeah, they play questions. Right. And they don't. Really explain the premise of it, and so the first time that I watched, I was like, "Wait, what's going on here?" And like, I let the scene finish, and then I started it from the beginning. I'm like, "Oh, it's about questions." And I was like, "This is just a an acting exercise. Like, this is how you do like character development or learn to to improvise." Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like this is like you know
0: what some improv teacher would go to an old folks' home and have them do. Which is a comment on the fact that these are actors playing these characters, which is a meta element to it. Like, Right. You know. Because
1: they're versed enough, because a little time goes on later where they're going to play Question and Answer, where Guildenstern is going to be like. Inter- Hamlet. Yeah, yeah he's going to pretend to be Hamlet, and Rosencrantz has to interrogate him. To and find out what is... What, uh, what the malady or the, the uh, affliction is. <laughs> yeah. what, what he's Glean afflicted what with. Glean what his affliction yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glean what afflicts him. And Rosencrantz doesn't quite grasp the concept of what they're trying to do. Right. And which also is like, that seems like an acting exercise. Like you get into the mindset of a character and someone has to ask you questions. Right, and you answer in character. And you ask, answer in character, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it it raises that level of, like, when they're not on stage, they're practicing being actors. Right. And then when they are on stage, like, when the king shows up or when Polonius shows up or someone like that, they slip into character. But when they do it, it's not like they're really, like, being Lord Olivier. Yeah. It's It's not a
0: hard shift.
1: Yeah, but it's also, like, they're sort of... It's almost rote, like... They have the lines memorized and they're delivering them, mm-hmm. but everyone else is like really getting into the character. They're just kind of saying it like they know that this is what they're supposed to say and not really anything else. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which just speaks to the fact that like this is written, this is what they need to say at this moment. And they know that much, mm-hmm. but that's kind of it. Okay, so another question for you
1: uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, what are they? Are they gay? They're buddies. They're Hamlet's buddies. But like they live together because they were called on by by someone at the same time. So they they share a domicile
0: together. Do two men who share a domicile together are they definitely gay? Then
1: well, no. They could be roommates. But did statement. They ha- <laughs> you didn't let me finish. <laughs> did they have roommates in the Renaissance?
0: <laughs> did they have rooms in the Renaissance? Was there landlords? How did they pay their rent? Who collected the rent? Were they paying in ducats? Were
1: they paying in gold shillings? What kind of a deposit did you have to put down? Did they have a pet deposit? What kind of pets would you have? Does a chicken count as
0: a pet? They don't No one has chickens for pets. Statement! <laughs> there was that weird scene when Hamlet was like balking to the chicken. Well, okay. By the way, actor who plays uh, Hamlet in this movie uh is Jorah from uh Game of Thrones anybody out there oh fun yeah fun
1: well that was one thing I was like oh it's been so long since I've seen Hamlet because they show him like balking like a chicken in front of Polonius and there, there was the way that <laughs> uh, the scene was framed we'll say because he was crouched down with his sword uh-huh and I I legitimately thought I was like does he have something up his butt <laughs> Because his sword was sticking out of his butt, so I thought he was, like, squatting on something and clucking like a chicken. It wasn't until, like, it it zoomed out a little bit, I was like, oh, that's a sword. You're leafing
0: through your complete works of Shakespeare being like, I don't remember this. I don't
1: remember the butt stuff in Hamlet. (laughs) But a little while later, somebody says, like, he's imitating a bird or imitating a a chicken or something like that. And I thought, like, oh, maybe that is in Hamlet. Like, they said that he was imitating a bird.
0: I feel like any time there's characters from Hamlet that aren't Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and they're actually speaking, I think that's actually always from Hamlet.
1: Well, I was wondering that sometimes it seems a little loosey-goosey to me, though. Like, it doesn't strike me as hard iambic pentameter.
0: I think he did. Like, because if you think about the boat scene when Hamlet switches the letters, he doesn't say anything in those mm. scenes. Like, he doesn't have lines. See, I thought it would have been fun if Tom Stopper, the writer-director
1: wrote his own iambic pentameter but maybe in a more modern vernacular to Mm -hmm. like still show that it was a little out of time and that that would be another meta element to it that they were speaking in the pace of shakespearean dialogue like like with that same level of prose yeah yeah, yeah. but with a modern ish vocabulary sure but yeah there was just a couple times where it like, yeah, even when RNG weren't in the scene, I was like, this doesn't sound like it'd be from the original play. And I wish I was well-versed enough in Hamlet to oh, know. Man. But that Kenneth Brennan thing just scared
0: me off. <laughs> I think it is. I think whenever any of the characters who aren't Rosencrantz and Guildenstern actually speak, it is from the play Hamlet. Oh, man. Which... Copyright infringement. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it really speaks to how good Shakespeare is, too, though. Like, whenever they were doing those scenes, I was like, this sounds great. Yeah. Like, I like this. It's very musical. I wanted to talk. Oh,
1: shit. What was I going to talk about? Um, I mean, you never answer my questions. Were there roommates in the Renaissance period?
0: <sighs> You're not going to let this go, are you?
1: I'm just sort of curious. Statement. <laughs>
0: No, I don't know. I really don't know. You caught me unawares. <laughs> uh, sure. I don't know. I I just assumed they were buddies, bosom buddies. I don't know. Confirm two confirmed bachelors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Regular Timon and Pumbaa. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> eating grubs, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> they don't really have a sexuality. Yeah, like they no. they don't even have like personality in a lot of ways too, you know.
1: Well, they don't even know who each other are. Yeah, they're
0: kind of indistinguishable. Everyone kind of, like, keeps mixing them up. So, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about when we were talking about the player and how, uh, like, like audience... I think he has a line where he says says something like, audiences expect a certain thing from actors. I can't remember the exact line. Yeah, he says... How does he phrase it? Audiences know what to expect. And that is all they are prepared to believe in. And so when he gets stabbed at the end... Nobody gets up after death. There's no applause. Only silence and some secondhand clothes. Oh, that's death! Did you think he was actually dead? Uh, yeah. I bought it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Because it's like you're watching a movie and you're like, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. But of course Richard Dreyfuss isn't dead. Right. Like the whole movie is about being like meta and like piercing the theatrical veil.
1: Uh Uh, And so, yeah, of course... battering down
0: that fourth wall. Are you telling me the actor's knife wasn't real? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, that moment... That's, like, what the whole, like, thing kind of culminates on. But I love that moment because it really, like, highlights the fact that, like, oh, fuck, yeah, we're still watching actors act. And uh, even though we've been led to believe that their emotions are real... Cause like we're we're led to believe that Gildenstern is really upset that he doesn't understand what's going on, so upset that he's like I'm gonna kill you, like no, it's all fake. None of it's real.
1: Yeah, is it when they're rehearsing the play or when they're actually doing it? And uh, the player is like, oh, it's you know a bloody affair, eight corpses and all. And they're like, I only counted six. He's like, no, eight, and like he points to the two that are up there, and it's you know the yeah the play within a play of Rosencrantz and Gildenstern being. Hung, hanged, whatever yeah. the appropriate
0: verb for that is. Can we talk? Okay, so that puppet show is nuts. Like, I was trying to remember how many levels we've got. So we've got the puppet show. <laughs> then we've got the players watching the puppet show. Uh huh. And then we've got the people in Hamlet watching the players watch the puppet show. And then we've got us watching Hamlet watching the players watching the puppet show
1: yeah and the puppet show is well i don't this is one thing that i thought while watching the puppet show was the puppet show of hamlet's uncle killing the king or because it almost looked like to me that it was hamlet killing his uncle Mm. and taking his mother as his lover, because that is a theory in Hamlet that Hamlet's actually uh, in love with his with mother, Gertrude, huh? Yeah, because uh, he he pays no never mind to Ophelia, but and if you watch the Mel Gibson version of Hamlet, like he kisses Glenn Close on the mouth, like during a, a heated exchange, it's a wet one. Uh yeah. <laughs> um. Pulls a Paul Shearer and tries to French his mom. I tried to kiss my mom like Gary Sinise. <laughs> but that is a theory that Hamlet was in love with his mother. Mm. And that's why his mother wedding the uncle enrages him so much. Okay. It's the Oedipal complex. It's like it's supposed to be that exactly, I mm-hmm. guess. And so when I watched The Puppet Show, I thought they were. Like, the puppet show was a
0: play of that theory that everyone was watching inside the Um, play. That's possible. But even then, it's still just, like, so many layers.
1: Yeah, I mean, because there's there's other theories about Hamlet, too. Like, I'm not exactly well-versed in in the source material, but there was, like... (laughs) If only people have been studying
0: it for 400 (laughs) years or whatever.
1: But there was just a couple times where I'm like, oh, this is, like, a theory about the play that they seem to be exploring in this little segment
0: here. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
1: And yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, in the Mel Gibson version where Glenn Close plays Gertrude, he like grabs her and like gives her a big wet one.
0: (laughs) It's like you with an oyster. I just feel like the, specifically, the meta elements of this take it to a new place Mm -hmm. for me. When I first was introduced to this play, the idea of actors leaving the stage, like I, I just never thought about that before. But like that is a whole world unto its own. Yeah. Do you think Tom Stoppard was just like uh, a non-speaking extra
1: and, <laughs> and one too many plays? Maybe. Yeah. And he's like, I deserve
0: my time. <laughs> damn it! I was surprised watching it this time. I was like, there's a lot of kind of boring parts to this movie. Which, if you are playing Rosencrantz or Guildenstern in the Hamlet, where you're just cast as them, where you're gonna be sitting back four stage plus, plus <laughs> hours, and yeah. you got to be
1: in costume the whole time. Uh, you're and- just like,
0: uh Which I've done. I did um, three sisters in college, which is a Chekhov play, and I played Roday, who has mm, twelve lines. I'm gonna say tops. And there's a whole act I wasn't even in, <laughs> and I just like remember so much time just sitting backstage. Like, huh, I could I could go to the. To the cafeteria right now. If I wanted to, I've got a good forty-five minutes. Like that's why uh, Orson Welles says that uh, the
1: best part to play, movie or play, is one where your character is talked about for the entire first act, but doesn't show up until the second act. He's like, you can show up late, <laughs> <laughs> you, you and and everyone's talking about you, so the buildup is enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like. You know you can do your makeup at your own pace
0: <laughs> you show up for a zip zap zop at the beginning, and then you can go uh get yourself a sandwich, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know I just I thought that that was interesting that that was kind of mirrored in this movie but i mean there there are like before. long stretches of them like just kind of dicking around, yeah, and like they're kind of like they hear the play in the distance or so they're kind of watching the play happen around them like from within I don't know like yeah, a like heating through a vent, window I guess, yeah or something yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, no, this is what it's like to be an actor in the play like this, to, to be the, one of these characters in this play. Like, you're just sitting there watching the action happen.
1: And you kind of have to find ways to entertain yourself.
0: Yeah, which is what they do. They, like, do the question game. He, like, tries to juggle. Um, Rosencrantz, like, makes paper airplanes yeah. and stuff. With the- I did
1: laugh pretty hard when... Rosencrantz, like, drops, like, the juggling ball and, like, the... The, <laughs> the feather? Yeah, it, well, uh... Oh, the shuttlecock. The shuttlecock, and he's like, oh, they fall at the same time, and he's like, you know, watch this. You'd think... That one would fall slower than the other. And, like, the way that it's frame frame goes back down to Guildenstern, you just see the ball drop (laughs) and then the feather slowly. (laughs) I was like,
0: that's good. That's good. And you'd be absolutely right. I also liked when they were, like, trying to discover which way the winds were blowing. I liked that whole speech where it's like, if you were facing north and (laughs) the sun was coming up from over here, it would be the afternoon. Like, that whole thing. That made me laugh. And I, I like how the it's sort of brought back when the player says And
1: I know which way the wind is blowing.
0: Yeah, goddamn Richard Dreyfus really good in this movie. He is really good. Like I, I think it's say. sort of
1: easy to forget how good of an actor he is.
0: Yeah. And uh fun role for him. Like it's gotta be just a fun role to do anyway. Oh,
1: just where like
0: your your direction is probably as over the top as yeah. possible. Uh ham, please, <laughs> ham. More ham. I mean, we haven't even talked about the fact that like this movie really delves into like what is death. So, Matt? What is death?
1: Uh, Boy, I don't know. Uh, I mean, as Socrates says, because we don't know what death is, we should have no reason
0: to fear it Mm -hmm. because it could be great. Exactly. They bring that up in this movie. Is that where I got it from? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, specifically death for a character... Is like they're just no longer on stage. Mm -hmm. And so like death in real life is also sort of that way. Like it's just sort of an absence, you know, like it's like somebody walked off stage and then they're just not coming back on.
1: Right. I mean, I think about that all the time. It's like or or even after like a breakup or something like that. It's like I have days where like I don't see this person and Mm -hmm. they're fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll have entire stretches of days where I don't see this person and they're fine. I'm happy I go along through my life. So if like if they die, like I will be sad, but I also have my life outside of that.
0: Yeah. They're not on stage with you right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not on my stage.
0: Yeah. Right now it's just you and me. <laughs> if they die while on my stage, that is sad. Oh yeah, oh god. Then you'd have to deal with the body? Yeah. A oh, mess. Fake blood, that crummy-looking <laughs> fabric that comes out. <laughs> It forces you to think of, like, what is fate and what is uh, free will a little bit, too. Because, like, you know, the players are like, it is written. And these characters, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, are like, this is what they're going to do. They're going to die. It's already, like, planned. How do you feel on that? Like, when they're flipping the coin, that starts off the very first line. So, like, heads, 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 heads. And after a while, they're like, is this uh, luck? Is this fated to be this way like they start you know ans- asking those questions right away mm-hmm. and it just kind of sets that all up and um i don't know it's uh it's interesting to think about like what is death for a character and what is death for us you know mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot of meat here <laughs>
1: as i learned from our uh i heart huckabees episode i've never experienced true existential dread <laughs> I, for one, welcome death whenever it should choose to take me,
0: <laughs> uh, and I will uh, not be sad when mm. it does that. So you're comfortable just being in a pine box dead?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to know the difference. When it comes
0: to being in a pine box alive or being in a pine box dead, you'd choose pine box dead.
1: I mean, are you trying to, to achieve some sort of uh, immortality through your work here? Is that what this is all about? Why,
0: why would you ask me such a question? Uh, or do you want to achieve immortality like me by not dying? <laughs> is not dying immortality who's to say
1: well, isn't that just solipsism <laughs> isn't that a statement
0: i don't <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Three loving game. no it's not a statement i made a question <laughs> but no i mean like there i mean yeah i mean we could we could talk about solipsism if you want i think it's a little late in the pod for that uh, we'll get to it later.
1: Uh, first, define solipsism for me.
0: The belief that nothing exists besides the self. Well, I definitely don't believe that. But in the end in of statement. <laughs> <laughs> in this movie, Rosencrantz is like, if you have the choice between being alive in a, in a pine box and being dead in a pine box, he would choose alive. Life in a box is better than no life at all. But you're saying you'd want to be dead in a pine 100%. box? 100%. That sounds boring as shit. Yeah, I think I'd actually. I think I'm on board with that, too. And
1: I I also kind of understand, like, we don't know what death is, so it's irrational to fear it. I'm sort of on that fence. Like, I'm not eager for it by any measure, but, you know, what if it's nice? What if it's good? Yeah, what if it's awesome? Yeah, what if it's awesome? (laughs) What if it's fucking better than this? Yeah, what if we're missing out by not all just collectively committing mass suicide? (laughs) God, if only anyone could report back. Damn it. That being said, if you haven't thoughts of suicide, please contact in your crisis center and mm. uh, get some help because I'm willing to bet it's not
0: great. <laughs> yeah, and also we like having you here in the now. So Yeah, we, we need that thing on our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, did you enjoy the film then?
1: I did. Yeah, it was headier than most movies that we watch. Even like *Synecdoche, New York*, which is a very heady movie, still seemed relatively
0: earthbound compared to this one. Mm-hmm. One criticism I have of this is like they kind of go faster through some of the important dialogue than I would like. Okay, like having having only read the play, not actually seen it staged. I, there were times when I had to slow down my reading. Okay, and I feel like this production would benefit from slowing it down a little bit because they like breeze through some important stuff real fast. Mm. So basically I wish it was dumbed down a little <laughs> bit. But otherwise, yeah, I enjoyed it again this time too. Otherwise, I mean, the kind of boring parts notwithstanding.
1: Well, yeah, because I don't
0: ever feel that I was
1: necessarily bored by the movie, but it's just – it it's – operating on such a plane like a a, a different level mm-hmm. that it's like almost purely intellectual sure like it's not like there's any like hot sex scenes or violence really in this it's, it's all intellectual yeah you know there's definitely like a, a a spot for that in in cinema it's kind of fun though intellectual too oh it's definitely that. fun okay. it, it, it's like mental exercises yeah But, like, am I going to, like, get some friends over and be like, let's watch Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. No, but it's going to bring people back from a huge break. (laughs) I was worried about it going in, especially watching it today. I was like, what's Matt going to think about this?
1: Yeah, like, I really, like, I I watched it twice, and I was just like, boy, like, I enjoyed it. Like, both times I was, like, rapt. Mm -hmm. But I was like, this is really just, like, satisfying, like, an, an intellectual feeling like there's nothing here that I would say is like entertaining on a base level. Yeah. Like you kind of have to like story and structure and be at least passingly familiar with the Shakespeare and sort of passingly familiar with like concept of of acting and improv to really enjoy. And that that those are a lot of qualifiers yeah. it's pretentious. to just enjoy a movie. I realized that it. it's pretentious. But yeah. this movie's not meant for just the the masses necessarily right this is
0: meant for people who like that stuff this isn't going up against star wars or anything (laughs) this isn't cats for god's sake (laughs) anyway so thank you for watching it i'm glad you enjoyed it
1: wasn't a punishment you don't need to thank me
0: (laughs) I i always try to thank you for watching things okay it's my new thing but this is just the first i mean we're gonna get we're gonna get so meta matt this is the material that got me started on loving meta material this is the the gateway drug if you will and now i can't get a fucking enough of it <laughs> and when it's done well it's just like ugh, i love it i'm so curious as to what else you have
1: because like i can only name like so many other meta movies and you did them last season <laughs> i've got uh, some
0: choice ones coming up it's gonna be it's gonna be fun if this if uh if this episode's any indication um it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: okay okay okay
0: um Anyway, enough about what I'm going to do this season. What are we doing next movie?
1: So you know how I called you Kevin earlier? Well, we need to talk about, we need to talk about Kevin, <gasps> Kevin. I just got chills. You know, we haven't done Lynn Ramsey yet, even though mm-hmm. I feel like she's a mutual favorite of ours. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so this is just we done
0: anything with Tilda Swinton yet.
1: <sighs> I don't think so. Boy, we might not have. Oh. We'll review and, and re- report on that next week. But okay. yeah, you might be right. But I haven't seen this since theaters. <sighs> I
0: haven't either.
1: And I've wanted to rewatch it for the podcast for a long time. I just never could find the right spot for it. And for some reason, I just I felt like this is the time.
0: <sighs> I see you're upping your uh, lady directors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, you yeah. know, I don't see people through that lens Ryan Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh,
1: that everyone's just an amorphous blob to me
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful (laughs) great I'm excited okay let's plug our junk and get the fuck out of here
1: follow us on Twitter at x-rated movies we have some followers we want more we
0: have six more and we're at 200
1: which isn't a great feat But <laughs> it's, it's something It's something for us Yay!
0: You can send us an email if you want to Our email is x.rated.movies at gmail.com Follow us on Facebook Rated X Movies mm-hmm. And uh, Rate, review, subscribe And all those platforms We're on Spotify now We're on Overcast, Stitcher Podcast App, <laughs> Apple Podcasts Thank you Everywhere. If you leave us love, like reviews and stars, it really helps us. And makes us feel good and warm inside like a baking cookie in the oven. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. Until next week. We need to talk about Kevin.
0: Keep reaching for that rainbow.